It's Thursday, October 5th, 2023. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast. We're super famous in Algeria and Burkina Faso and fun places like that. We're the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle. It's episode 293. How we feeling, fellas? I'm feeling Ooh, like so I good. haven't spoken to y'all in a real long time. It's yeah. been a minute. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's been it's, since it's been August 17th. To be precise, Whoa, that's, that's, like, that's almost, almost a two months. Year. Oh, okay. Yeah, Never mind. basically, yeah. Rounded up, full year. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did a little minute. bit of uh, GPT rounding there. Our math isn't as accurate as it once was. So, <laughs> you know, gotta gotta inching gotta ever closer money. to that episode three hundred though. We are. We are. I feel like we've been saying that for a year, though, (laughs) considering the rate at which we've been releasing things. You know, on the movie Cars, when Lightning McQueen is going around the track and he's at like the very last corner and then all of his wheels pop and he's just like crawling there. (laughs) That's that's what this feels like in getting to episode 300. (laughs) Are 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 you saying that we need a crew chief? Like our lack of not having we, a crew chief is what got us here. We we need a lot of things, like, but you know what? You've yeah. got me. I'm 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 Doc. So you're welcome. There you go. <laughs> That's what we need. We need Doc. We've got Doc. All right, let's All get right. into it. Doesn't um, Doc die? Bro, spoilers. That, uh, spoiler alert. That a spoiler. That does feel like a spoiler, doesn't it? What? Uh, what? Which what which cars was that? Was that the first one? Well, that's the very oh. first one. Yeah, uh, two thousand six. You haven't you haven't seen it yet. Like, I yeah, like I think that's you're covered you. by spoilers from two thousand six. Yeah. <laughs> Are you though? <laughs> I don't even feel bad. Where does no, where actually, does I, where does that line get drawn? Where does the spoiler line get spoiler drawn? Movies. It said says the guy that just totally did, but I honestly I, I'm actually asking the question. I I don't remember that movie well enough to say for sure one way or the other. Yeah, never really watched it. I don't know if if Doc dies. I don't know. Who well, Doc watches. is Doc is uh, he's not around in two and three. Let's just put it that way. Mm. <laughs> it was a vacation. Yeah. Where where do we draw the line on spoilers for movies? Uh, I'd say somewhere around like 20, 27 years. How about, how about that? 27 years. Okay. So you're saying if I talk about them, if I talk about the ending of the matrix from 1999, that you're going to be mad at spoilers. I would be mad at you. I would be upset about it. How about if the movie came out before you were born, then you can't spoil it. Okay. There we go. Also, Man, those are some after you. Those are some big time that's, bars. That's actually <laughs> interesting. Forty years. Don't, don't I don't. Ruin. I don't want to think about this longer, but I'm going to. So I need us to move on. Okay. I'm going to pull a Tyler and take this whole episode over if we don't. Then we're so, just going to talk about movies. Okay, move let's on. move on. I'm not gonna, today I'm in tech not history. Allowing this to happen. This day in tech history, Steve Jobs passes away October 5th after a long battle with pancreatic cancer. You tell me the year. Well, that's and where you were. It is sad, but it's tech history. It's not tech related. That's just. Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna go with absolutely tech related. 2013. I was gonna say 12. Uh, I'll say 2010. Oh, 11. Oh, Oh. you guys split it. 
So then the follow-up question is, has Apple been the same since? Why or why not? Uh, well, yeah, today, today my boss sucks. complained about having to install a driver on his Mac to do something, and he didn't think Steve would have allowed that to happen. So I'm going <laughs> to go with no, they're not the same. The, the two most common things I hear about Steve are people referring to him still leading Apple as if he's still alive and still there at the <laughs> helm and then making statements about new things that Apple comes out with and saying Steve wouldn't have wanted this, like making decisions for him. <laughs> Isn't that you what know, you guys hear? We, we were all as good at making Steve decisions when Steve was alive. Why wouldn't <laughs> right? put words in his mouth now that he's dead? Exactly. That's my exact thought, Tyler. It does seem to me like what... What has happened post-Steve has been very much so a let's scale what we've built to the most you know operationally efficient way that we, and that, that that we can. That's what that it feels like to me. It, he's a supply chain guy, so I mean, that's literally what you just pointed out. Yeah, I mean, what it may, I'm saying it makes sense. I don't think, yeah. and and not right or wrong, I mean, you could argue it's right based on valuation of the business. So it's boring. Something, something's gone right there. It is boring. <laughs> it is boring. Like I think, you know, I would. I think that the uh, the headset though. I'm I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, you're talking about the AirPods? No, the headset. He's talking about Vision um, Vision Pro. Vision oh, Pro. that headset. Yeah. Sorry. Like yeah, I, got you. I think Vision Pro is the most kind of. I guess I would say out there thing they've done in quite a while. I mean, a really long time, like something that actually, it has a chance to fail. You know what I mean? And that's, that's something I don't think that they've done. I don't think they've done anything since Steve has passed that truly had a chance to fail. And this does. So this, you know, maybe, maybe they're making a bit of a turn, but I think that, uh, I also think they've created such a strong brand in that time frame really based off of Steve's work that, that gives it also the best chance of succeeding. So, uh, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to see. It's certainly boring, but maybe it'll be more exciting going forward. Hmm. Speaking of the Vision Pro, I feel like there was an event or something that, that you went to, Daniel. That, there was uh, not. Maybe, oh, wait, I'm not Daniel. Maybe kind of plays in that area? Yeah. I was in... One of the Bay cities at the Meta Connect event. I don't remember which city it was actually in. Um, so yeah, I went to Meta's annual developer conference this year. It was in person, but invite only. So it wasn't as big of an event as it's as it had been in the past pre-pandemic. But it was a super good event. It was actually at Meta's headquarters, which is the first time that they've done the event there. Um, and it, it was, it's an awesome campus, by the way, I think it's sun microsystems, old campus. Um, did you like but, being out? I've never been to an event like that. That was, that was outside. It seemed pretty cool. It seems like a neat it, way to, rather it, than being it, like a dark theater room kind of thing. Yeah, no, it, it was nice. They, they covered most of the seats from the sun, which was good when you put out a bunch of developers who don't see much sun. So, you yeah, know, that was they, my next they, they, they was the audience. Yeah. <laughs> it, and actually, I got offered sunscreen multiple times while I was at the event. So, <laughs> sir, uh, we think you need this. Yeah. 
but yeah, it was it was a it was a great event. The two major things was obviously all things XR, so that includes the um, the Meta Quest Three, which uh, is rocking Qualcomm's latest and greatest chipset, the XR Two Gen Two. Um, so I think this is the first headset that's actually um, supporting that chipset, and it's I can say from experience. It's extremely powerful. It's a lot more powerful than we saw on, on the XR2. I guess we'll call it Gen 1 now. Um, and so uh, Did you say on the XR2, did you mean on the Quest 2? Well, the, the Quest 2 uses the XR2 chip in it. Oh, it does? It doesn't use the one? I thought, is the current one the XR3? Is that what you're saying? The, well, so the Quest 3 uses the XR2 Gen 2 is what they're calling that chipset. Well, that's confusing. Yeah, it's like the Xbox Series X One S. Yeah, that one's not confusing. This one is (laughs) perfect. Yeah, so it's it's running a much faster chipset, both in uh, CPU and and GPU on that. Um, It's got one of the best pass through cameras I've seen on any of the consumer headsets out there today. Uh, Significantly better than the Quest Pro, even. Um, oh, I was actually about to ask because I've seen the only one I've seen, you know, I mean, obviously the Quest 2 I've seen and yes, it has pass through cameras, but I mean, it's let's call it what it is. They're they're just there so that you can know that you're still on planet Earth. Uh, but the Quest Pros were decent. I mean, yeah, my, miles better than than the Quest 2. So these are even yeah, so, better is what you're saying. Yeah, the Quest 2 is, is black and white uh, and a, a pretty terrible camera. The Quest Pro, they introduced color and, and it was higher res. This one, you can actually like read your phone while using the headset. So that's that's solid. crazy. It's yeah, yeah, the, yeah the that's really good. Pretty awesome on it. Um, and and now with this push towards mixed reality, they're opening up a lot more. Um, you know, SDKs for developers to take advantage of mixed reality. So I think we'll start seeing a lot more applications that uh, that push what you can do in mixed reality, you know, where you're blending in your physical and virtual world together at the same time. So I'm really excited about the headset. They put it at a killer price point once again at 500 bucks. I think it's 499 um, Are you guys starting. getting it? Daniel, I know you are. Tyler, uh, Russ, I've already ordered mine. Um, they do come in different models as far as storage goes. The one I got was a five twelve, so it's twice the storage amount as my Quest Two, and that was up a little bit more in price. I don't remember. I think it might have been maybe seven hundred bucks, uh, somewhere in there. So I think it ranges from like five to seven hundred or something along those lines. But I also got the. They have like a a charging stand for it now as well. And then I also got the, the strap with the battery on it. So all the, which I used on my um, quest two as well. So yeah, I have that coming and I think it comes in the next week or so. It's six fifty for the upgraded storage. And then you can get an elite strap for 70 bucks more and elite strap with battery for 130 bucks more. Yeah. I think all in, I paid like 900 bucks for all of it. Tyler, you getting it? it? Tyler's still on the Rift One. 
<laughs> you want a quest too, Tyler? I've got one. Over You're here. muted. Yeah. Maybe Tyler. Yeah, if you're speaking, on no one can no one can hear you. Okay. I guess we'll move on. Tyler's uh, Oh no. How long have I been muted? What the what? Oh, I guess a while. No wonder. <laughs> oh no. I was talking this whole time. That's funny. Um not a lot though. That's funny. When the heck and why the heck whatever. Uh yeah, no, I have a quest two. Um I don't think I'll be jumping in to get a quest three that soon. Uh my kids actually use it less than I thought, and I don't use it that much, so I don't have a burning desire to have the new one. I mean I do because I'm a dork, but I don't I won't use it, so probably won't spend that much. What about these these Ray Ban things? Oh man, I looked at those. Those are cool. Uh what do they call them? I forget, but I so I have I... looked at yeah, I, I asked them the actual naming of them, and they just said it's the Meta Ray-Ban AR glasses is what I had yeah. heard, but it could be something more specific. Nice. Yeah, I feel like I ran into something like that a while ago. I didn't realize they existed, and I was like, oh, neat. And then I tried to come up with a justification for why I needed a pair and fell short. So here we are. Clearly, you're not dorky so, enough. because Are they I at the point... <laughs> yeah, they actually look pretty good, man. And they were talking about yeah. being able to live stream and all this kind of stuff, which I couldn't not right. care less about. The thing that is so trippy to me is what? Why the giggle? You think maybe I would do that? I feel like I would, of anyone that is currently on the phone right now, yes, you would be the one that <laughs> yeah. wants to live stream their life for sure. You're right. You're 100 <laughs> right. That was an appropriate giggle. But I, but given given the possibilities of what they can bring, I could not care less about that feature. That yeah, that fair. was an appropriate giggle. <laughs> it was. It, I, <laughs> that is going on a coffee mug. That was an appropriate sure. giggle. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that is just has my brain like on fire is all of this stuff that we're feeding into these AI systems <clears throat> and what meta is building. And I don't know the strength of, of their system and, and it's, you know, capabilities and all that kind of stuff. But if I can, if I can feed GPT four vision, a photo of something and ask it to write code that replicates it or say, what is this? And it's an electrical diagram for a raspberry Pi and it explains all the components to me or I feed it a comic and explains to me why it's funny or whatever. If I've got that power in glasses where I just look at something I don't understand, whether it's, you know, uh, a, a type of, I'm thinking like a bolt, I'm, I'm like putting something back together, an engine or something. And I'm like, ah, what bolt is this? And they're like, well, it's a, you know, five by 38 with a certain thread count or whatever, because it can just see it and understand it instantly. Right? Like that to me has some insane power. You know, or I'm looking at a tree. Tell me what tell me what type of tree this is, or you know, I, that is, and that's not even scratching the surface with interesting things. Yeah. So this is the the first time that they're really putting together, you know, these because because they had a first a first iteration of these Ray Ban Meta glasses, but it yeah, was, it was basically just like you know you you can record it was like quick, Facebook live quick. streaming. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But this yeah. one, I, okay. So those um, are the ones that I remembered. I, I'm, I yes. guess I kind of haven't kept up with them. I didn't see the news, but I, I got excited about them initially. And this is where, you know, like you said, I'm not dirty enough to own them. I just don't like parting for my money if I don't understand how I'm actually going to use it. You know, I'll do it sometimes, but I try to you know, limit that or I'd be broke. Um, and uh, it, it feels like it's really close 
to being extremely useful, right? Like what Aaron was just describing, having access to that level of just sort of like beyond human interpretation of environment through XR technology. Uh, I want that. <laughs> and, and I wanted that to be kind of there already. And it, it certainly wasn't in the last generation. I'm not surprised that they've made headway in the current gen. But yeah, that, that was kind of my take on them initially. Anyways. Yeah. So, so well, I'm so, a ma- so I was gonna, or yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, no, I'm just imagining like you can turn. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry. My, I'm just like, my brain is going crazy with something like this, but you can turn on like a discovery feature and you're looking and you know, those little like eye inside of a circle icons or something where you can click for more information or something. If you can turn that on as an overlay over your environment, you're, you're experiencing something new. You want to learn about it. Maybe you're visiting uh, you know, somewhere in Ireland and, you know, you have no idea what this castle that the Irish don't care about because it was built by the British or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what is this? Where am I? You know? And all of a sudden it starts like seeing and understanding everything. And all these, these little eyes pop up when you can click and it's like, Oh yeah, this was, this was a hallway that led to blah, 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 or whatever. And you can just like yeah. learn in a super immersive way as you, as you walk through this and just reach out and touch these different eyes or, you know what I mean? It, it what I see here is actually, unreal. I feel like, the day-to-day wearing and use of that in my mind, my imagination is limited when I think of what that can be, where I think that there's a lot of really interesting possibilities with this type of technology is actually in commercial use. And I don't mean the ones that we think about all the time with like helping, you know, engineers train and use, you know, different instruments or whatever on digital models or whatever yeah. it is. I actually mean in or how like, to build a car, like this piece goes here and yeah, how to a, build a car. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff a, there, but what I'm thinking about is like, if you, like I went, Lindsay and I were in Vegas recently and we went on a tour of the Titanic effectively in a, in a museum. I think that there's a world in the future where you put on glasses like this and you walk through a museum and it's a dramatically different and improved yeah. experience by what they can do, change, even what you could like, you know, pseudo interact with, or even maybe a future where, you know, the idea of putting on glasses and watching a 3d movie mm-hmm. is very different. If you do it with mm-hmm. an AR element, you know, attached sure. to it. I, I think that there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff that could, could come from it in that perspective that I I'm interested to see. And I'm surprised I don't see more of like, it, it seems to me like the AR in everyday life is further away as a consumer product than it is as an application that is more specific in use. Like I go to this place and I use this thing to do this thing or X, Y, or Z. I feel like it seems like that would be a more natural jump, but I, I do think that stuff's going to come eventually. Right. Well, let, let, yeah, let, let me make a quick clarification here because I don't know if this is fully understood just yet. But but these glasses in, in this generation do not have any kind of um, display attached to them at this point. Um, so it's it's purely oh, yeah. that that's a good call out. A camera there, but there there's you know there's the speakers and there's microphones. So for this generation, it's it's basically just like hey, you know, you're looking at something, and and by the way they're not shipping with this feature out yet, but they're saying it's, it's coming very soon um, where, where you can have this AI assistant that uses the camera. So th- these first generations will not have that just what yet. AI assistant that uses the camera. You mean like the AI? Meta a- yeah. Meta AI connected. And then it's just a conversation. There's no screen. Right. 
Yeah, so, so right. it's, a, it's a conversation. So, so it would see something through the camera. Like I walk up to Bewley and it says, this is Aaron Bewley. He runs a lot and tells people yep. about his life on social media and crashes his truck. He wishes Things he like had this. a pair of the glasses you're wearing right now. <laughs> yeah. Goes to live stream. <laughs> okay. Uh, to live stream himself well, so, on the other end of this I, conversation. You know what? Uh, I don't hear talked about a lot and, and maybe it's just because I'm not following it closely, but that sounds like a huge, huge step forward for like accessibility. Um, imagine mm. the the deaf community yes. having mm. better access to environmental sounds through a vision system, and if, if it's got audio, uh, bidirectional audio, right? Like it's got the microphone too. Um, and blind too, like it, just yeah. asking, well, it, hey, blind, where am I? Blind what eventually, am I seeing? yeah, blind, blind yeah. for sure. When it comes to the audio side, uh, I think hearing impaired. When it comes, uh, when they start to integrate more of the vision piece of it, if they start yeah. sort of projecting onto the lens, for instance, that's um, that that's amazing. Like the applications for for the communities that could use basically another set of eyes or ears um, uh, would would be really cool. And I, am, I don't mean to speak for those communities. I am neither hearing or sight impaired, and I know that that can be very a contentious topic, right? Like those communities um, embrace where they where they are or or the lack of hearing and sight in some cases but i uh, i also know that there's a lot of conversation really? around sort of being able to make yeah uh, it's a, it was I'm an interesting topic it was something i learned i'm pretty far from it like i said I'm, I'm not trying to speak for for anyone i don't mean to be offensive if i'm stepping on toes at all here but um when my wife was going through her speech pathology program one thing that she learned um it was particularly it sounded like it was centered at least in her program in the conversation was centered around cochlear implants and the the hearing impaired community because um there's you by sort of augmenting um through the device you you kind of bridge this gap between hearing and not hearing and and that isn't always embraced in in the community uh holistically it's it's you know be who you are kind of arguments and again i'm not even going to get into that cuz i don't i i didn't even study it myself it was all third hand but i found it very interesting so i'm saying it seems like there are really neat applications for accessibility and i think that's ultimately going to be true but i'm not saying one way or the other that that people should do this or that that needs to happen so well, yeah, absolutely. But the point I was going to make here is, you know, you think about a lot of the AI assistants that we use today, which are the Siri's and the Alexa's and the Hey Googles and, and those applications. Hmm. And for a lot and of the those, Hey you know, Googles. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's funny. You know what? It was an appropriate giggle, Daniel. Relax. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that was appropriate giggles. Um, you guys are messing up my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the show welcome. daniel yeah so you know <laughs> what if, are you, if you new want to interact here? with those if you want to interact with those ais today they don't have much context besides when you say you know hey siri and now my phone's gonna freak out and then you ask it a question and it gives you an ai response based off of that question right um this takes you know an ai to a whole nother level because you're giving it a lot more additional context that it can it can feed into uh, into giving you a response than just a lot of the assistants that we use today are, which is just you know what was the score of the Cowboys game today or what was right. what was this, you know now now it, it will be you know where it can actually help you see things, it can help you understand the things your surroundings, 
that uh, that a lot of the AI systems today just don't don't do very well. Um, and I, and I think you know as as AI becomes more powerful and and you know I saw this in a lot of of uh, Meta's uh, talks about AI during the thing is you know AI is going to just bring all sorts of data around our lives and, and help make our lives a lot simpler and, and and easier without having to do all of these extra complicated things. So. Let me uh, let me ask you a question because I was thinking about this the other day. <clears throat> I cannot wait till, and I'm just curious y'all's take on this. But if I if I had a personal AI assistant, whatever that could understand and see my world, if let's say I want to be able or make sure that I've had a glass of water before nine a.m., just pick something basic, right? It's now like nine thirty or 10 o'clock or 10 30 or something it's got some buffer and it's like hey um you haven't had any water yet today why don't you go get some dum dum hmm. is that is is does that it, doesn't like, your body have one of those response i know mechanisms? that's what i was about to say yeah yep. I, I so when i'm thirsty there's why well, no but like <laughs> but do you, do you understand what i'm saying like it, there's this maybe it goes too far or is that actually helpful or do we already have some inbuilt capabilities <laughs> within our own mind and like the physiological signals that we receive. I, I don't know. What's your what's your take on basically telling telling this this thing that can watch and see and help you stay on track or stay disciplined for for some basic things in your life? Well, and, and to clarify, this is a futuristic question because even though you know the, these these glasses won't like that, even though they have the AI system in them, it's not always on unless you tell it to look at something because there's yeah no i'm talking future that for sure in that time yeah um but yeah I mean, that, that's a good question is how many things how much data do we want to um do we want to live off of how much do we want machine learning to tell us how to live our lives and i think that will um and every very uh depending on the people um you know i i, I feel like our bodies are pretty good at telling us when we, when we're hungry or when we're thirsty or when we're tired. Um, and I'm pretty good about listening to my body when it's telling me those things, but I definitely know people that are not very good at listening yeah. to their body when it's telling them to sleep and to drink and to eat. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, it depends. <laughs> I, I think, I I think you know what I mean. Like go to bed. It, it learns to, like it can learn different patterns and then and then you get to the point where and you can imagine whatever right but you get to the point where it's like okay well now let's think about doing all this um computational um all these exercises on the system itself right it needs to be connected to the internet to get information but obviously you don't want all of everything that it's doing and seeing and thinking and processing in some data center you know uh two time zones away i I'm less concerned about whether or not we can create the compute and battery capabilities to do something like that in the vision systems and more. It seems like all the questions now are like, where do we draw the line? When is too much? You know, how do we, how do we leverage AI for good things and not having it just dumb us down to the most, you know, incapable versions of ourselves or. Yeah. You know I'm not I mean? worried about that side of that personally. I, I think this is, this reminds me of like my fifth grade math teacher telling me how calculators are going to make us all dumb. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I don't, I think people, people are more than, and, and I'm not saying everybody like it's a bell curve, whatever, but people are capable of drawing the line on reliance on technology to advance their ability to do the things in their life 
wherever they want. Like some people are going to uh, successfully off-put tasks like when do I drink water and when do I go to bed to an AI assistant, and and then they're going to do good things with the extra cycles and decision-making power that gave them. It, as an example, and and other people are going to turn into the the wall e you know floating chair blob humans. Yes, yeah, dude, uh, I had that exact that, same thought. That are just sipping you know slurm or whatever it is uh, all day, <laughs> and and and, and you know say la vie is is my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Like I I I welcome that future because I don't I don't think that will be me. And and the things that I want to do with unfettered capabilities are exciting uh so i don't i definitely think that that's a great example of a risk of pre-regulating aggressively to prevent some future state that that runs the risk of just completely hamstringing or, or dramatically hampering the capability that AI and an assistant-based sort of augmentation brings to the entire species. I don't want to see anybody making assumptions about how bad... Let me pause for a second. There are certain domains where it makes sense out of the gate to protect. For instance, being able to produce like nuclear fissionable material in your backyard arguably not something that that just a, a fifth grader should have access to sure. and a, a, an ai engine an llm with with the history up to 20 whatever has the knowledge of chemistry and physics to make that like a cookie recipe potentially yeah. that I, i'm saying that those kinds of things sure it's an obvious threat in general but I don't want to assume on average that people are going to get too lazy to be humans and say, we better slow this train down that I realize it's a fine line and that it's fuzzy and that in some ways I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, but I I don't want to see that messed up because I, I see tremendous ability for this kind of technology to genuinely advance where we are as a species. And, and I, it scares me when I hear people already talking about how we slow it down because they're worried about some of those, you know, end states. And I, it's just, it's yeah. too early for that. And it shows yeah. no trust in, in humans. We Computer, do. It's your point though. We example. do have, our U S Congress is already considering a number of bills to limit artificial intelligence capabilities. Yeah. And like how that, many times have happening. we talked about how incredibly incapable that particular organization is at wrapping their head <laughs> yeah. around the U S government yes. legislating something this complicated. <laughs> they're, they're just not the right people, which sounds ridiculous, but it's yeah. absolutely true. Did well, y'all see you know, the, the how, how you... I, this is, this is Jermaine the, the, did y'all y'all have heard about the the Writers Guild of America's strike? Yeah, correct. Yeah, it's still it, ongoing, hey, is it not? Or did they finally wrap no, it, it is, up? It no, it is not. It no, is it is wrapped up, and okay. part of the terms of the agreement are actually around AI regulation. Wow. So, oh yeah, no, I did see some of those arguments. Sure. Yeah. So the agreement includes protections for writers concerning the use of of generative ai it it does not restrict ai generated content but it 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 does restrict the training of ai 
yeah. on, with writer's content, as well mm-hmm. as writers have the ability to basically strike through anything created with AI, which basically means they're not allowing AI-generated content to be used as the primary source material. So, like, if a... Interesting. If a, you know, the the example you would see on Reddit, because apparently executives are all the evil in the world, they say, well, an executive comes up with an idea using chat GPT and just goes and tells the writers to write about that. They can't do that as an example. Like, they can't, like, go say, we're going to create this. And now the studio would own the rights right. and the residuals to this. So they're, they're, they're preventing that from being something capable of doing. I'm curious because I've seen a lot of responses on both sides of this agreement. There's there's a lot of other stuff in the agreement, by the way. Some of it comes with like provisions for healthcare, um, minimum raise rates for writers. Uh, one, the most interesting thing of all of this is actually streaming transparency. So like they actually have to get real oh, streaming like, numbers like and not the yeah, made up to, numbers. To pay their yeah. royalties, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that type of stuff makes sense for sure. Yeah, for sure. What do we feel about the AI regulation piece here, especially generative AI and creativity? I think it's a double-edged sword, man. Yeah, I I don't think that's regulation. I think that's that's a an entity and and their you know union for lack of a better way. Not government regulation. It's industry regulation. Exactly. Right. Right. The demand was safeguards for their jobs. Right. Jobs, exactly. It's jobs protection, and and, and that yes. that is something that's going to come up a lot because we've we've seen the threat, whether it's going to happen overnight or not. But I think this is one of the one that's very real, and I think those two of the main topics that that you just brought up and that came up in that negotiation do need to be addressed, and maybe even the U.S. you know Congress is able to address it. Is what do we do in whole industries that overnight could be completely disrupted by this technology? Because let let them see how it lands isn't maybe what we want, especially because a trained AI, we still have human creativity it could could take us better places, right? You don't want to see writers stop writing, right? But then the the other one is um, uh, who what what content can an AI be trained on is a huge problem, right? And, and Russ, you touched on this almost as soon as as we got uh, some of some of the open AI initial, you know, sort of opportunities because it, the the leaders in the pack on data here are going to very likely win these sort of I don't know consolidations that are bound to happen in this industry. But oh, yeah. if you if you look at the ability of something like Dolly or Midjourney or or any of the the large like generative AI programs to produce really eat, neat, compelling, interesting art, which completely eradicates the necessity for stuff like stock images, right? Because you can get a genuinely brand new, interesting, whatever you want generated in in seconds is I mean, phenomenal. Look at, look which, at by the way, Pixel. The Pixel yeah. just released or was announced uh, yesterday, and they have yeah. shrunk their generative AI model down to run locally on the phone. Yeah. And it's which, going which to be able to do things like AI-generated um, wallpapers and things yeah. like that that you can just sort of tell and, it, and, I mean, and it comes up. These, these aren't like... Did you see the Facebook ones? Destroying, um, you know, disruptions necessarily, but but what I'm saying is the 
that space, I think, is really important. It, it is not fair or right, per se, for Google and the access it's had to the images that have been produced and shared on the internet to have trained an AI model that can out-generate your average artist and, and that they literally edge those jobs out of the economy by doing it. Like, that, that is broken because we don't have a safety net. Nothing exists to provide that back to them. They've just taken, quote, free data, and, and they've taken it from everyone to generate something that is displacing income for humans. That's a, that's a real socioeconomic problem, and one that we, <laughs> we're grossly underprepared to, to actually fix, in my opinion, right? So um, I think it's cool that they're working through that, but I, I think it's a mistake to go too far or not far enough at the same time. So hopefully uh, they had really smart people in the room while they were working through that and that they weren't being short-sighted because those studios could be disrupted. I mean, you could start a studio tomorrow that operates entirely off of scripts written by generative AI. What does that do for the writers, right? Like nothing. They're, they're in a world of hurt. This is going to create a scenario. Well, it could, this opens the opportunity, the door and we'll see what happens for, For for someone to go in and create something that is outside of the realm of the WGA you know, and a lot of independent films, I say a lot of like independent films in general come outside of the realms of all things related to yeah. Hollywood. That's the of intent course. of independence. And a lot of these tools are going to dramatically improve a, a lot of what they're able to do at a dramatically lower cost. It'll be interesting to see how the market dynamics end up playing onto this. I think for right now, there's probably a, a big win for them, but it's, it is going to be interesting as, as more in more and more industries get caught up in this. And how do we talk about augmentation and 10 Xing an individual versus replacing an individual? That seems to be a lot of the, you know, the, the conversation that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really think, you know, we talk about, yes, yeah, fine. The industry's doing that, but the government can't do it because they're stupid. The reality is, is that's the, the talk track they're going to have guys. We're walking up to an electric, in an electric year. Yeah. An election year. It's oh, going to be an electric year. It's going to be an electric year talking about generative <laughs> AI and jobs and all sorts. Of, look, look for a lot of South Park memes over the coming year. Like that's going to happen. Cause <laughs> let me, let me happened. flip it back. Let me flip back to Daniel for a second. He, I think he's tried to jump in and just a couple times on this. I, I was curious if he was going to try to defend Facebook's new AI generated stickers and all of the, uh, <laughs> the rude, lewd, and occasionally nude uh, things that people are making with them. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, you see I don't have too much to say about the stickers thing. I know, probably. I'm just kidding. But I, I was going to say, you know, that I, I attended a lot of AI sessions while I was at Connect. You know, all the stuff they're doing with Llama 2. And there is a strong sense in the developer community that if you are working on any kind of AI uh, work that you need to be very conscious about what you're doing and to be responsible and to be a good citizen uh, of the earth in, in doing that work. Um, so, as you know, I think while we're still early days, I think there's just this strong sense of the, of the developer community embracing that we were shaping this future and we are trying to build things for good. Uh, now, you know, it's, it's naive to say that everyone will, will, will do that. 
Um, but I, you know, there, there's a lot of guidelines. So, you know, the thing with Dolly too is that it's it's done by Meta, but they they've open sourced the entire thing. But they've they've also said like you know if we if we see you doing like any any bad things with with the AI models that we're building, then you'll immediately lose access to uh, to the engine. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I, it, how are they defining I mean, that other than just saying bad? Are they giving any guidelines? They they do have some guidelines. I haven't read through all of them all the way just yet. Uh, mostly because I just. I don't know. I don't have a good response to that, actually. <laughs> I mean, no, it's fine. Should, how should, how could you be... create guidelines to that? Yeah. Well, that's the big. I mean, that that's the, the conversation we've had on here before about um, who's responsible for and should it should speech be managed um, on social watchers? social platform? Yeah, and, and who's watching the watchers? Yeah, exactly, exactly what Tyler said. <laughs> no one. Yeah, we've had that conversation. The watchers. That's right. <laughs> Okay, what else? We've talked a lot about uh, AI, spatial computing. Anything else interesting in the news these days, fellas? Ooh, I, uh, I, got, I got a fun one that won't take a long time to talk about. I'm going to throw that qualifier in there. Did, did you guys hear about Google's Project Sunroof? No. no. Yeah, so this was a little buried gem that uh, that i discovered which i i feel like i found out about it late uh even if it happened yesterday and i found out about it yesterday i don't know when it was actually released but uh if you go to sunroofwithgoogle.com um sunroof.withgoogle.com yes correct there's a dot uh my bad um no you're fine if you go to that site you can look you can search your address any address actually and google will give you an estimate of the square footage and production of solar capacity assuming it recommends it i've already been disappointed a couple of times where it won't even give you estimates uh, based on what it sees but what it's done is i guarantee you applied an ai model to the roof lines and in taking geographic data it looks at trees and it looks at the this is crazy roof and determines the producibility of solar capacity and estimates the square footage on your roof available for panels and then based on an input of your average electric bill it spits out with very little detail which is disappointing but hey i'll take it uh recommended solar installation size and it tells you the (laughs) output how much of your utilization it will use and the square footage of your roof it will take up which it's just freaking cool. This is so cool, man. I've not seen so, a, a website. Yeah, go, go play with that. Like this, that's just doesn't work for my. It's house. brilliant. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. What? Wait, really? Has it? Oh, your neighbor? No, because okay. So I noticed that all all of these images are quite old, um, like three oh, yeah. years old. I well, think is is what they were running through their system here. I I just did my Utah house, and it shows the patio that I built on it, like. 18 months ago so yeah see that's interesting because i'm looking at my house and it doesn't show a patio i built two and a half years ago so i guess your results may vary which makes sense they're going to get images from different parts of the world at at a different click um but but anyways i highly recommend checking it out it's pretty neat it was it was kind of informationally educational for me uh even though i already have solar on my house i was trying to back out some of its data it doesn't say like 
the the size of the panels. It doesn't tell you how many panels you need. I mean, some of this information you can just take averages and probably get a little info on. But I think it's really neat that it's available out there, and it it certainly makes um, getting an estimate of what it would take to get solar for your demand uh, at your fingertips versus going to some of the yeah. more complex and how easy it is though. reaching out to a supplier yeah, yeah. instantly it's tells you how many hours of usable sunlight you get uh yeah. per year your That's square foot available for so- yes because because yeah, the for- every other calculator for that stuff you kind of have to estimate the square footage of your house or in, in most cases it just says you know what direction is your roof facing and what is your you know latitude longitude sort of information so that it can determine best case scenario, you're in this part of the world, which means you're going to get this many hours of useful sunlight a day, but they'll give you like a range, four to six hours for North Texas, for instance. Well, that's not terribly useful if you're trying to fine tune it. If you get what I got, which is X hundred hours, then you can actually do the math and realize, okay, I'm actually per Google's analysis of my actual roof lines, looking at about four and a half hours of, of, you know, kind of peak production, which is very actionable data. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Seattle, Washington need not apply. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> uh, my dad's roof gets uh, about 1,800 hours of usable sunlight per year. That's, uh, but that's slightly better than mine. But I'm also here. pretty sure that it doesn't count some of the roof area that I have. Because if I click on like the, the apartment that's in the deep back, it actually gives a different address. And then it won't give me estimates because it's too small for them to justify. Also, it has trees near it. So I'm I'm not sure if it's really calculating all of it. And that's the problem. It really doesn't have all the detail I want it to have. But ask anyone I've ever worked with in any BU at VMware, and they'll tell you that that is always my response to data. This <laughs> I was, is not I was about as to much say, as I want. Yeah, you, like, you, when you, do you get it. enough data? I am not happy. <laughs> this could be better. I could have more. Why are you why are you holding back? So this is how I feel about Google too. And I realize this about myself. I'm acknowledging it. <laughs> uh, this well, makes my brain happy have, to just know this random hours of usable sunlight per year number. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I'll be happy. Fun, right? And it tells I, me how many square I feet it thinks it is available of my roof for paneling too. Which now yeah. I want to go verify without, you know, getting on my roof because it's so bloody hot in Texas. Nobody told him it's October. Yeah, it's not too bad right now. And we, you know, as much as we love that, we definitely do not have enough time to get Tyler more data. So I think that we need to shut this episode down, Mr. Gates. Ooh. Wow. That's, it's that's time to rough. Get out of here. Well, I'm glad yeah. we got to touch on something else because that one is fun. So go play with that. I highly recommend it. But yeah, I guess that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. We're glad to uh, be back again. I feel like I say that every time now, so uh, we should probably try to get back on a click. There's lots of fun stuff to talk about, guys. So we'll see you again soon. Thanks, folks. Adios. Later. Thanks for joining us, Daniel. Yeah, thanks a lot. Cheers. Yep. (laughs) Don't sound too excited. (laughs) Always a good time. See you guys. Bye, dudes.